Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 106 for the week of November 21st. Thanks for joining me. We've got a nice show for you today. I've got Mr. I almost said Michael Tidwell, but he's not here today. <laughs> it's like so <laughs> habitual. Uh, Michael's away at a. He's watching his daughter dance ballet. Isn't that nice? Aww. What a good dad he is. Aww. Aww. Skipping on the podcast. Uh, for his daughter, I guess it's okay. Um, we've got uh, Anna Marie Neufeld. Good morning. Philip Willis. Howdy. And Emmanuel Marino. How's it going, everybody? And myself, your host, Chris Privet, here. We're talking about the latest in RPGs this week. Um, so why don't we start off with the latest RPGs that are be- going to be coming out this week. What do we got for new releases? We've got... This is a weird one. I don't understand it. Fight, fighting Fantasy, The Warlock of Firetop Mountain. Ooh. It's a DS game. Uh, it says it's based on the legendary book series by Ian Livingstone and Steve Jackson. Like, which Steve Jackson? Is this Games Workshop Steve Jackson or... Um, Illuminati Steve Jackson. <laughs> I wonder. Or yet another one. You guys heard of this game at all? No. Any I fantasy? was kind of debating reviewing it, but I can't find anywhere in this game. Well, there's fighting the same fantasy. Song and dance every time I'm like semi interested in a game. Oh, there's a Wikipedia article. Uh, apparently, it's published by Puffin and now by Wizard Books. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I guess it's a fantasy... Oh, fantasy game books. Okay. So it's not like novels. It's like a role-playing game. So... Dungeons and Dragons, that kind of thing? That's what it looks like, yeah. Ah. So Steve Jackson, this would be the GURP-style Steve Jackson, I assume. No. Whatever. It's No, this is the English Steve Jackson. <laughs> this is what I hate about the gaming world. There's two Steve Jacksons. They're both famous. And they both make really good stuff. And you can't keep them straight. <laughs> <laughs> terrible <laughs> so whichever <laughs> this is the the british one okay so this is the warhammer style one all right whatever anyway so i don't know anything about the game though <laughs> take, let's take a look at screenshots there's first person action and oh wow yeah this looks wizardry style oh check us out for the review <laughs> i'm not gonna recommend you run out for this one these can be risky Unless you like to take those risks, then that's there for you. Go pick it up. What else is coming out next week, Manny, that's awesome and big and a big deal? Because I know you know them. Me? Yeah, you're the one who's been, you know, the real game season has begun, right? Right. I started. I thought it started weeks ago, and you're like, no, it started last week. And so what continues this week? Oh, you put me on the spot here, man. I don't know. What does come out next week? I'm all excited. <laughs> Fighting fantasy. <laughs> oh, I'm just browsing through GameStop. They got like Hello Kitty Party, Karaoke Revolution, Karaoke Aww. Revolution for 360. Wow! Yes, it's like Finally. we're going back five years. <laughs> Tekken Six on the PSP. Oh, Karaoke! I thought, how can Karaoke Revolution come out again? I don't think there's ever been one. It's on never the been on. Th- oh, it's Every coming out for PS3 karaoke. and Wii as well. So, oh, yeah, you skipped like the biggest Karaoke Revolution that I own has been on the PS2. I think I have like all of them. We also have got some shooter game called Rogue Trooper for the Wii. You skipped the biggest <laughs> game of the of next week. Reader Seen Rabbit Kindergarten. Oh, Seen at Twilight. Seen at Twilight. Oh, oh my god. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, James Cameron so- Avatar. The game comes out December first. Oh, that's too far out. Um, um. Yeah, you can get it on Impulse. 
I've been getting eighty bazillion emails about it. So no, that's 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 two weeks from now. Along with so just karaoke revolution Tekken six your shape. They should just I you know your shape is the new fitness game from Ubisoft. I really think they need to put a subtitle in there that says is wrong. <laughs> no no no, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> your shape is not right. <laughs> Play our game. Hello Kitty uh, Party. You know I'm actually kind of happy that there's no like real big games to get because I'm broke. This week yeah. broke me. You know what somebody in the thread uh, for the show wanted me to do? They said they liked a, they like a Mario Vice. Woohoo! And they want me to do Mario trying to sell used cars. But I just no. I think that's a disaster. So I think they're it's, actually asking me to do one of those um release trackers as Mario. Alright, as long as it's like the Sopranos or something. Yeah. <laughs> nah, next week. Not, <laughs> well we'll get some feedback on whether people. Do people really actually want to hear that? I don't think they do. It's like, what do I got to do to get you into this afford a focus today? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't think he should sell used cars. It's just wrong. <laughs> All right. So what else we got this week? We got some news about a big game. I'm so excited about this. So excited. Are you guys excited about this? Do you know what I'm talking about? No clue. Oh, 3D Dot, 3D Game, dot Hero. game Heroes. That's right. So we finally got the official word of who's publishing it. It's going to be Atlas. Atlas. We know they'll do it right. We like them. Um, I guess that kind of implies that we don't like somebody else, and I didn't mean to imply that, but <laughs> I do know I like Atlas. So it's going to come out May 11th. Oh, such a long wait. It's Aww. not right for 40 bucks or 39 Maybe I'll have a PS3 by then. <laughs> Maybe. Mm. Is it PS3 there was, only? There's actually, yeah, it's PS3 only, and uh, there was some talk of a story about how they could port it to 360, but it's up to the developer, because From Software is just publishing this in Japan, so it's really, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess there's no reason they couldn't port it. It doesn't look like it's pushing it that hard. It looks like it uses some default. I don't know. You got, what do you think? You've seen it. It's the more The more I see of it, like the people have been playing it online, I've been watching live streams of it. It, the more I realize it is more like Zelda than I originally was trying to say. No, it's not just Zelda. It just looks like an action adventure. And then I realized, no, it's like Zelda. No, it's Zelda. <laughs> it's got like the same enemies. Is it RPG, <laughs> Zelda. Is it RPG enough for us to care? Um, yeah, we cover it. Right. Apparently. Though, honestly, based on what I've seen, there's no reason we should cover it other than everybody on the staff wants to. Well, that so. does have an amazing character creator. Better than most games I've seen. <laughs> It's a, it's a pixel matrix, All right? I don't know if that's amazing, but I guess it's more control than Oblivion. You can make Link in it, so you can't complain about that, right? No. No? All right. Nope. Nope. Oh, new DS Lufia. So we reported a while back that a new Lufia has come to the DS, and we have more details about what it's actually going to be. It looks like it's going to be a remake of Lufia 2. That was the good one on Game Boy Advance, right? I don't know. I didn't play it. I kind of miss the Lufia wave, so I'm actually pretty stoked that this is a remake. Oh, yeah. The Super Nintendo. The second one is chronologically the first one in the series. Mm. So it makes sense to me why they're going to release that one first. Well, does that imply they're going to release the other one, too? It's probably going to depend on sales, like everything else. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Word. Uh, 
I can tell your excitement is palpable. All right, <laughs> Borderlands. Any of you been playing Borderlands? Jim says that Lufia 2 is his favorite. Sorry to speak that Jim? into the last second. Jim is in. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Jooms. Jooms. Yeah, there's one guy sure. who knows old RPGs. Is I heard guy. Jim. I'm like, who the heck is Jim? <laughs> oh, Jooms. Jooms. Hello, Jooms. Jooms. Love you. All right. So, like I was going to say, have you guys been playing Borderlands? There's a big one. Uh, no, once... because every time I hear about it, it's Fallout 3 with guns. More guns. I hear it's more Diablo I... 2 with guns, actually. Really? Yeah. yeah. And, okay. And I have, I've, got a, I've got a good friend who's, who's playing through it who's been trying to talk me into it. But from everything that he's feeding me, it, 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 it's, it, he likes it. It's a fun game. But it's definitely something that's enjoyed a lot more in multiplayer than solo. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like a... Almost kind of got a, uh, oh, a kind of like a Diablo type feel to it, just a first person perspective uh, with guns. If you can imagine that, uh, a lot of loot that drops around, a lot of inventory management and, and leveling up management. Uh, those are your most RPG ish type points, bullet points about it. But for the most part, it's definitely got a first person shooter feel. And I'm just not a big fan of first person shooters, especially ones that don't have that their strong point isn't the single player, it's the multiplayer. So no, I haven't. Really but this is a great co-op experience, though, from what I'm understand. I mean, if you get three friends together yeah. to this game, yeah. you're going to have a blast. I mean, I, even if you're not that good at shooters. I really I think we need an RP Gamer game night about Borderlands. I agree 100%. But except Assassin's Creed broke me. It broke you? How'd it break I'm you? I'm done, man. Too many games. Oh, okay. So you don't have Borderlands? No. Okay. I was going to pick it up. but then I'm, I got I'm thinking we're going to wait till it goes discount. You know, drops ten bucks or twenty bucks or whatever, and then we're all gonna pick it up and we're gonna have a blast for that sounds like a great nine idea. hours and then that, <laughs> whatever. That, no, that's, very, that's exactly what I told my friend. I said as soon as it gets down to the sub twenty dollar range on Steam or something, I'll be happy to pick it up. And we the can have real a party. question I have is, do we get it on three hundred and sixty or PC? I say um, PC because PC. it's got the first, yeah, it's got the first person shooter component, which means you're going to be a little bit more comfortable shooting and aiming with the mouse than the controller. I'm just worried also, that we're cutting out you know people who would like to play if we do the PC, but hopefully but the good not. thing about it is that Steam has sales all the time, so it's more likely to get become cheaper on Steam than it is on uh, this Amazon. This is true, yeah. This is true, yeah. I, I, the only thing I was thinking was like all the other social gaming type sites, they all do stuff on 360, but I don't know if that's just because they're dumb or because that's the way to do social gaming. I I don't really know this because, you know, in the RPG world, we don't have many social game options. You know, it is true. When I think of uh, co-op games, I do think 360. Mm. I don't know. Whatever. I like when being I able to When I think co-op aim. games, I definitely think PC. Yeah. I, Which is I, funny I, because... I, I, I think non-RPGs not interested is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, my co-op experiences uh, and and whatnot have always been on on the PC. I've got a PS3, but it just seems hard to really catch friends online at the same time that are willing to play the same game. I don't know. I have a harder time with the, with that. Yeah, we just sort of skip that. Like me and Chris and Michael will all get on Skype together. We'll be playing three completely different games. Yeah. Yeah. That's but what it, they do on the 360, too. The, what's like, it called? The cross-game chat. Oh, the party system? Yeah. Oh, the cross game chair. I didn't even think about that. It, it the problem is it sounds like it sounds like we're talking like this in there. If it, you can't understand what people are saying. So there is that. <laughs> I just never been a fan of their voice, so I don't know. 
They need Skype on the 360. They had Twitter and Facebook. Where's the Skype support? That's what hey, I'm saying. It's funny. Even the PSP has Skype. Yeah, but not the PS3. What's up with that? <laughs> You'd think they could figure that out. Yeah, and, and the PSP has inter- full-on internet radio, but the PS3 doesn't. Did you want to talk now about the thing they added to the PS3 this week? Oh, yeah. Have you guys heard? Uh, Ad Hoc Party, which was been out in Japan for several months, was just released for North America this week. Mm-hmm. And it already has... I cared, like, homebrewed it two years ago, which is yeah. what makes this so weird. You know, it's so funny because um, me, me and Chris were having a pre-show chat about this. And I, was, and we were, I thought it was a, a bit like a lot of effort. To play a bunch of games, you can just you can. It seems like the a lot of PSP games are smaller versions of their bigger console counterparts, mm-hmm. and a lot of those bigger console counterparts have uh, online modes already built in. Right. So yeah. I thought if you're going to go to all the trouble to turn on your PS3 and then put in a wired connection and then go look for and then get your PSP going and try to find somebody, I figured you could have been and that all that time you did that, you could have been in a multiplayer game and <laughs> say Storm or Soul, Soul Calibur or any other but, game by that. But if you want RPGs that have any sort of multiplayer element, it seems like the only place to find them are like the PS3 or like Diablo 2. I guess but, but, and it just made a great point, though. I mean, those people who really do want to play those niche RPG Japanese RPGs that have a, like, or just like the kind of games that we like, they went ad hoc mode, they went ahead they and downloaded, downloaded the thing off the Japanese store, didn't they? Yeah. Like six or, months. Ago. I mean, when did Final Fantasy Tactics come out? The PSP? Oh, uh, a while back, and we were using uh, Crossfire or Xfire, whatever it was, to do yeah. that. But it didn't work that well. It was hard to use. It didn't work that well, but I mean, it was there. And I mean, if you were determined enough, you could get it to work. Well, this would work a lot easier because you needed a certain type of network adapter and stuff for that stuff to work. And this, you know, you just need a yeah. PS3. But apparently I mean, a wired connection to your PS3, which yeah, sounds that's annoying. What, I mean, you know, if, if, if the choice is a wired connection for your PS3 and a certain type of hardware... I mean, either way, you're probably going to be buying something. Yeah. I don't think that many people have their PS3. A really long wired. Ethernet cable. Yeah, yeah like I mean, after you get after about 50 feet, your connection is poop. Well, yeah, I have to figure that out in the new place I'm moving. Darn it. Yeah, like, actually, that's something that would be good for feedback. How many of you actually, who have a PS3, how many of you could actually hook it up with a wired connection? I'm curious. I mean, honestly, that's one of the reasons why I bought a PS3. I love the fact that it had Wi-Fi built in. And I just, it made my life that much easier trying to put it under my TV. Yeah, same same here. Um, I do my PS3 uh, wireless and, it, yeah, it's nice. I don't have to worry about running wires from my router. It's in my computer all the way to the PS3. Hmm. And I use, it a, I use it a lot for the online services. I'm, I'm a big fan of the downloadable, uh, the, the, the PSN games and whatnot. I've got about 30 hmm. of them. So it's nice to be able to jump on, you get your stuff, see what's new. Man. Well, uh, I'll admit, like the, my first my first uh, experience of ad hoc party was uh was a bit of a downer because I, I think the the only game I had at, at on hand at the moment at the moment was a uh, Soul Calibur Broken Destiny. So I went online to go play Soul Calibur. Uh, I went into a chat room with like four other guys who were being very annoying because uh you can push buttons. You know, like if you ever played a golf game with somebody, you can make like clapping sounds or booing sounds or, or like hurry up sounds. Yeah, and you play like hot shots golf. Well, so imagine that like the whole match, there's like nothing but guys typing like, "So, uh, what custom firmware do you have? How'd you steal this game or whatever?" And oh, they're all making awful. clapping and booing sounds the whole time. And of course, the actual game itself was incredibly uh, laggy. It was just really, really terribly laggy. So, mm-hmm. by the end, of, like by the end of all the work I went through to get this 
to get my wired connection into to start playing the game to deal with the lag, I thought like, man, I own Soul Calibur Four. I could have just gone into PSN and played this with my friends. I just love the fact that they're discussing their custom firmware. <laughs> it was pretty funny. You know, PS. You know what PlayStation needs to do? They need to figure out a way to tag their PSP systems, like the 360 does, and like just start banning them or something. A million people banned. Can you believe Boom, that? Done. That'll put hey, a know, big dent into the custom firmware market. And the funny thing <laughs> yeah. is, all of those banned Xboxes they're showing up on eBay now, and a lot of unsuspecting <laughs> people are buying banned Xboxes. Yeah, that's terrible. It's like your console's been banned. What? Um, I'm sorry, did I cut you off, Anna? Were you going to say something else about the PS3 and wired connections? No. I'm just what? curious how many people could do it. Mm. Yeah, she wants some feedback. And what I need feedback. to... Feedback. Yeah. And what I need to know is, uh, since none of you bought Borderlands, that means none of you are, care about the expansion, huh? The D- the DLC? <laughs> actually, it sounds really interesting. I was reading about it, and I'm like, hmm, this might actually make the purchase worth it. The Zombie Island of Dr. Ned, which is it's a pretty good a game. It's a cool title. Yeah. Or does every game have a zombie mode of some sort? Well, every it's... yeah, I, I'm getting tired of it, but you know, whatever. It's got additional quests, new areas to explore, and uh, the yeah, it'll adjust uh, levels and content to match your current level, and uh, uh, adjust the enemies. Yeah, okay. And the uh, what? The they've got undead zombies on the island, and you got to go help Doctor Ned and beat the zombies. So there you go. What a shock. A zombie mode. It? What? How much is it? I don't know. Right. 800 points. So 10 oh, bucks. that's a bit pricey for zombies. Is that, is oh. that, what is that, 12 <laughs> bucks or 10 bucks? 12 bucks, um, I think. 12 bucks? 1,200 points is $15, right? All right, yeah. so then this is $10. Yeah. Sure. All right. <laughs> Stupid math. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, Microsoft and their space bucks, it's not our fault. All right, well, if if you need some more frustration beyond converting Microsoft dollars, we got a new Shear in the Wanderer game coming out. Um, it's not as hard as the previous games. Okay. You played it? Yeah, E3. Oh, right. That was a while back. All right, that's going to be coming out on Wii on February 9th, 2010. Uh, the series used to only be on, what, the DS? No, it's been all over the place. Oh, okay. It's been on, like, damn near every system. So, like, did the first one get ported, or both of them get ported all over? Um, there's been Shiren entries for just a whole bunch then what? of Oh, systems. this one's just called Shiren 3, and they don't mean it? It's the main series, okay. as opposed to, like, Shiren the Wanderer, the Hudahara of the Wadahiti. Wouldn't it be Shiren? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Man, Chris, people get on top of us today. What? Well, I don't understand. Every week, it's about how I pronounce stuff wrong. But as soon as I, yeah, but you're the host. You're the eloquent host. We expect more from you. Oh, I see. We hold you <laughs> to a, a higher standard. standard. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and apparently, we don't have a series for the Wanderer. Yeah, I don't know. So we've got Shooter and the Wander. He's gonna okay. wander onto the Wii. There's. The ones, just the ones that we cover are Mysterious Dungeon, Sheer and the Wanderer 2, Sheer and the Wanderer 2 DS, Sheer and the Wanderer DS, Sheer and the Wanderer Gaiden, Sheer and the Wanderer Gaiden PC, Sheer and the Wanderer 3, Sheer and the Wanderer 4, which is DS. And then for some reason I got an Ease game in that search. <laughs> that makes sense. Sheer Ease, almost the same. <laughs> 
there's some differences of <laughs> the North American version. So we're going to have uh, <clears throat> on our disc will the, be the downloadable content from the Japanese version. And um, but that's it. Atlas will not be including the rescue versus or item transfer online features because they don't like us. I don't know why. They say they can't do it, but I know that um, you know other mystery dungeon games in the U.S. have that stuff. So I don't know what's up with that. Wait, could you repeat what they're taking out? The rescue versus or item transfer online features, which if you've played like any mystery dungeon thing, that's like you know when you die, someone comes in and rescues you. So you yeah, keep your that's stuff. on the DS though. I don't recall that ever being on any other system. Well, the story makes it sound like it was on Sheeran Three on the the Wii and. The, well, no, I mean in North America. <clears throat> uh huh. Still, I Have don't you see why you can't... Have you heard of a game that has the rescue in Who? anything other than the DS? No, I don't like these games, but... <laughs> I don't know why it matters. It doesn't what... change my sentence. I don't understand why the platform matters. That's all. It's a passcode. <laughs> it's not hard. Well, it's probably too difficult to... Or unless they're doing it over Wi-Fi now. I don't know. Whatever. I'm, I yeah. guess it's hard. Whatever. That, that's fine. We can um, ask. Yeah, we should. We well, I don't know that we care. Does anybody care? I'm curious. Okay, you ask then. You let us know. Okay. For that, for I that, do have that hardcore uh, Shiren crowd that we have that listens to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> really hardcore. I mean, I, I think isn't isn't this game supposed to be a little bit more forgiving than the last? Yes. Couple? And that, that'll be a big point, because I know but, I've played through Sheeran before, and they can be pretty brutal. I, I just find the gameplay style not fun anymore. Uh, and like, her, yeah, roguelites just don't get you. Yeah, like, um, my conversation about it was a little fuzzy. I seem to recall the guy at E3 saying that they had increased the drop rate, and... Do you lose all your stuff still? I remember something about that. I don't recall i'm going back to my e3 impression and like trying to read it as <laughs> that's, fast that's as how possible. it normally works in a roguelike but uh let's see i remember like the penalty is not being so high for death as it was before well in pokemon they caught it down to like only being halfway you're losing right. half your stuff but that right. was strictly this, designed this, to be this a was easy... the thing that got me uh interested um you can have up to three people in your party at any given time oh wow okay oh interesting okay yeah here we go um he mentioned the enemies who did really mean things to your inventory were set much later in the game compared to izuna though at death you still lose all inventory items Mm-hmm. mm-hmm you will have a retain experience though this seems to become a roguelike standard so no surprise there you can store items in town. Rarely you can find an item that will teleport you back to base. will teleport something in your inventory back to base. Mm. Nice. So if you're, you know, in the dungeon and you find, like, the Sword of Adam and you want to teleport it back, you can do so. But if you ever wanted to use it... <laughs> you'd have to keep it on you. Yeah, which means and you could lose it. risk losing it, yeah. right? That's awesome. That's what I like. I love my progress being erased in games. That's That's my favorite feature of roguelikes. Yeah, the 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 party thing is sort of like good idea, bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> because you can take three people, but if any of the three die, game over. It's not just the main character. Oops. It's just different from the Pokemon Mysterious Dungeon games because I see characters can die. Yeah, yeah, they could die. It's just you needed to survive. 
Right. I think, well, you or your buddy, right? Wasn't it? In yeah, you're back? right. If your buddy died, you're like, no, I actually care about him. Warp. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's, uh, it spoke poorly of the other people you had recruited. It's, but yeah, Who cares? It's just a squirrel. <laughs> Seven's blog on that is just so funny. We haven't read that, his review blog on it. No. Absolutely hilarious. Okay. It's on the boards. All right. Oh, um, before I forget, before we get too sidetracked, um, you know, and I wanted some feedback on who, on who has a wired PS3 versus who have a wireless. I would like to know is uh, what games do you what? Since we talked about all these Japanese RPGs, what Japanese RPGs do you actually want to play on that hack party with other people? And if you let us know, maybe we can play with you. Then we can all be miserable. <laughs> It'll be awesome. No, because. Haven't we had this discussion how nice the Japanese are in multiplayer games? Yeah, but um, I believe it's region-specific that at Japanese ad hoc party puts you on Japanese ad hoc servers and U.S. one puts you on U.S. servers. Well, either way, let us know if you have a wireless or a wired connection and uh, yeah, tell us what games you actually want to play on ad hoc mode. What Japanese RPGs really want it? I mean, is it just Monster Hunter or something else you want to try out? Yep, Let us that's know. My oh, that's great. That's Thanks, Manny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of feedback, uh, Cryptic Studios would like to get your feedback on Star Trek Online. So they've got a beta coming up, and you can go to their website, which is what is it? It's probably something stupid like Star Trek. You know, yeah, Star Trek Online dot com. <laughs> what? That's a great segue, Chris. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Wait, thank you. Not you're welcome. <laughs> Shut up. Thanks for ruining it. Thank you for ruining it. That's. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, you deserve credit. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Stop it. Jack News uh, no, no, Cryptic's plans to open the Star Trek Online beta to the public beginning January 12, 2010. Testing will run until January 26, giving aspiring Starship captains roughly two weeks to feel out the sci-fi MMO. Yeah, that's care of one-up story. And the, the weird, weird thing I found is um, you can go to the website and sign up for the closed beta. But I don't know how you sign up for the open beta. So I guess you're just supposed to go there every day. Probably until they... it'll unlock your account when it goes open. Yeah. That's what most places do. All right. I can't remember my password. I've been trying to sign up for it. And I can't. Get so it. forget. Do your forget password. I know. I just. I, Dork. Yeah, I will. Cryptic. Been looking. It's like because I had a password for Champions Online. Which what happened to that game? Man, mm, it's it sort of slid into obscurity. Usually these ones that are floundering, you get news stories at least. I haven't even heard anything about Champions. Is it out? I thought so. <laughs> Did it come out? Pretty sure it came out, yeah. Because we were doing the betas and then the betas and stuff ended. Yeah, bye now. Yeah, so it's out. Apparently no one's buying it. I don't know. Is, is, it, a, is it a pay-to-play? I thought so, yeah. Ew. Traditional. What do you mean, you? I don't know. <laughs> At this point, I am really of the mind that pay-to-play is pretty much dead and well killed it. Um, I would much rather see games go buy-to-play or free-to-play. Because mm. I so, think they'll be a lot more successful for a lot longer period of time. So what about single-player RPGs that keep throwing you out more content that you have to pay-to-play? Like Dragon Age Origins. Yes, like Dragon Age Origins. They've got a third DLC piece. So this would be the second piece that most people actually download. It's coming out. It's called... You mean buy. Huh? You mean buy. Yeah, buy. Uh, it's called Return to Ostagar. 
which uh, is a very early battle in the game that you can't really discuss without spoiling a lot of stuff. But you get to go back there and get some armor and do some stuff that... Take some been, revenge. Well, yeah, if you've been wanting to go back there, you can't. Mm-hmm. And they decided, oh, we'll just charge people for it. Which I'm sure they've been developing it after the fact, but still. Because revenge always costs money. Yes, because revenge. <laughs> it's a dish set best served via Microsoft points. Um, so five bucks. Um, it's a be- d- dish best explain served. Explain to me. Bucks. <laughs> yes, it's a five dollar dish. It's, it's you actually get it from McDonald's. What is up with this? Why are they choosing to use points on the PC? Does anybody know? It's five bucks oh. on the PS3. They want you to buy it through their Bioware store, their online social site, and all that stuff. Why can't they just charge me five dollars on their online social site? Because they make yeah. more money space bucks. I, I agree. The point thing is stupid. I don't understand. It's not Microsoft points. It's not going through Microsoft in any way. Why equivalent? I don't get that at all. Because I, I think the thing is that if you abstract it, it makes it easier for you to spend your money. It's just sad. So sad. So sad, EA. All right. So go check that out if you want to basically pay five bucks for a couple sets of armor, which I think is what it's going to turn out to be. I, I've been so, so far, the the return on investment of some of the DLC is not all that impressive in Dragon Age. Like that shale DLC, if anybody actually had to pay for it, fifteen bucks for it was so not worth it. Mm. <laughs> um, and the the I... warden's keep is over so quickly, and you can't go back into it after you finish it. I don't know that it's worth seven bucks. Other than wait, wait, nice I thought the chest. whole point was that you could go back in. No, you go to the outside of the keep, and there's a chest and a couple vendors. <laughs> so you can't actually go <laughs> into the keep. Um, so if you miss something what inside the keep, you can't go back in. And there's no expanding story. In Baldur's Gate 2, there's this entire um, keep side quest mission thing where you have to go and make political decisions about the running of your keep and chase off thieves and all this stuff. None of that here. They had a big opportunity there. Didn't do it. This whole time I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to have this my own castle. All my my fans are going to have their own rooms. I'm going to be able to walk around. Really? You thought that? You're like you were going to help Morgan pick out drapes? It's Bioware. I kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nope. Not doing it. <laughs> kind of sucks. I kind of did. I, you're making fun of me. But yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. I, I, all right. No, but no, not at all. Very oh, disappointing. So lame. You get a chest that's the, very useful. And that chest is maybe skills? worth seven bucks. But what? What about those two extra skills? Uh, my, they only make sense that- if you're playing evil is the problem. <laughs> Oh. My friend uh, just beat the game, and he played it with that with the Warden's Keep. Uh, he had bought it right from the get go. Yeah. Uh, he and I asked him, was it worth it? And he said uh, there was a particular set of armor that he got from it. And oh, he felt that, that there armor is was- that armor is insane. Yeah, you get really good. So armor. it's worth it for the armor. Well, in a way, yes. But do you really feel like paying real money for items in your game? No, not really. I mean, I like it when I get it as like a pre-order bonus. Yeah, or part of like a larger package. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like I already gave Bioware my full $60, and they want me to give them even more. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a made of money. Yeah, I don't know. Man. I, don't... I mean, I'm going to enjoy the core game for what it is um, myself. Uh, and then in a year or two, I mean, in a year or two, the Game of the Year edition will come out. Wait another six months. That Game of the Year edition will be 30 bucks, and I'll just buy that with all the, you know, that'll have no, all the You're right. Dates. By that point, 
you'll have all the DLC. You have the Warden's Keep, you'll have Battle of Ostagar, and you'll probably have like five more DLC packs. The thing is that all that DLC is going to end up adding up to what would cumulatively be worth 15 to $20. I've got a feeling. So I'm, I don't know. That's right. The Fallout 3 Game of Year Edition wasn't a reduced price. That was like 60 bucks straight off the bat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, usually what I do is I wait till that, that the Game of the Year Edition and turn most, most of these games within you know six to nine months, if you don't catch them on a Steam sale, usually naturally fall down to you know half price anyway. Game so. of the Year so Editions fall fast usually. It's like a presidential election. 2012 DLC. <laughs> That's more fun to play. I see. No, I'm I, I'm just gonna play the game and just deal with it as it comes out and decide if it's worth it, and then just be done with it. I don't want to wait because then it's like I'm playing an old game and there's new shiny stuff out. So it's time to go back anymore. You got the shiny syndrome. No, it's just I'm finally playing it. Why why interrupt the flow now? I, I might not finish it if I do that. <laughs> be like um oblivion. Though I did that, I waited. And I got like Knights of the Nine. And Shivering Isle, so I've got all my DLC kind of in bundled form. Still haven't gone back to do it though. Hmm. So I think it's I think it's kind of risky, unless you know you're gonna do it. But risky, like this is life or death. Jeez. <laughs> you know what's risky? Working for Chrome Studios, the developers of Star Wars The Old Republic. You are on fire today, man. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> The combo segue. <laughs> Killing spree. All right. So the, the <laughs> God, it's so terrible. So what happened? Who got laid off? Um, wait a second. Oh, I screwed this story up. So it's not the older public. I totally misread this. This is Star Wars: The Clone Wars Republic Heroes. Then why do we care? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know that we do care. I totally, I saw the article, I saw like the picture here, and I'm like, oh, this is an old Republic story. And it's not. This is just some weird Australian developer that nobody cares about. Sweet. Wait, didn't Bioware do Kodor? Well, that's what I was confused about. Is Are they farming it out? And Anna's like, yeah, the dirty secret is that they're farming it out to some other developer. So she was with me on it. And like, apparently it's a different developer. Who are they farming it out to, Anna? Anna? Awkward I don't remember Anna? anymore. They mentioned it at E3, and nobody's heard boo about it since. Old Republic developer. Are you sure about it? No. No? Okay. So, never mind. I uh, Great segue, terrible story. All right. So, <laughs> whoever Chrome Studios is, there's layoffs, and it has nothing to do with RPGs. Sorry about the guys at Chrome Studios. There are more layoffs this week, too, weren't there? Oh, yeah. Poor who else, pandemic. Who else got... Pandemic Studios. So, what did they do? Uh, they did Mercenaries. They did um, oh Saboteur, which is about to come out. <laughs> That's so terrible. That's like about to come out. Let's lay everybody off. Feels right like Shadowrun. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, people like Saboteur is the thing, or at least they like the look of Saboteur. Maybe the game yeah. sucks. <laughs> it's not. It's not a good sign. When before your game comes out, they lay off half the studio or whatever. Oh, it's because that game took like four years to make, and it was so over budget by that point. Mm. How much? How many people they lay off? Like the whole place or two hundred? Two hundred. Is that a lot of pandemic or? A... I think it's like the whole thing. Pandemic is so done. It's pretty much go- gone. Ouch. Yeah. Sucks. So, and that's part of EA, right? Yeah, they bought it at the same time they bought Bioware, and they're closing it down. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Well, but uh, Bioware did well. 
yeah. So that that one worked out. <laughs> sure did. Hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully we won't well, have any more nasty plans, uh, nasty surprises regarding Zelda. So uh-huh. that's coming out, and we're gonna hear in E3 2010, Eiji Aonuma, who is the producer of the Zelda series, is gonna. He says there's gonna be big surprises about Zelda. So what does he say? We motion well, plus. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he says that. Um, cool. Uh, Let's see. It is something we used to talk about with Mr. Miyamoto, and he and I agree that if we are following the same structure again and again, we might not be able to give longtime Zelda fans a fresh surprise. So we have been trying something new in terms of the structure of the Wii version of the new Zelda game this time. I'm really hopeful that people will be surprised with the changes we have implemented for this Wii version. Um, Now, it's already been confirmed separately that it's going to use Motion Plus, and what else can we expect? Uh, Mii's and a balance board. So it's really going to be the Zelda version where you injure yourself while playing it. Oh, Vitality Sensor. There you vitality go. Vitality Sensor. Yes. Killer app. <laughs> That's, that was a separate story this week is that the E3's, E3 next year is going to have a bunch of Vitality Sensor stuff. I guess if you're very nervous, you can't pull pull back your bow or something. What's it going to be called? We Check Your Pulse? Is, are they going to have like a pack of mini games on that? I don't know. How does that work? I don't. You don't know. All right. <laughs> so like you you pull your bow back. Oh, you're not stressed enough this in this combat situation. I'm going to throw several other enemies at you. All right, now it's a good fight. Oh, the, the really cool feature about that is that as long as your Wii has online capabilities and you've got your little finger doohickey sensor on, if you have a heart attack and you pass out right there on the floor, it, the Wii will actually call 911 for you. And that's what it's all about. That's... <laughs> Paramax will come to you. I mean, that's a benefit you don't get with the PlayStation 3 or the Xbox. You got to be careful. You make that promise. You could get sued if it doesn't happen. Someone will, someone will take it out on you, man. Phil told me that if then I make I'll, a heart attack, me. then I'll get a $5 dish of revenge. Best served cold. <laughs> TM. All right. $5 dish of revenge. Speaking of... um. No, no, I don't have anything. Um, Magna Carta 2, we got a review up. Uh, oh, Michael, are we? All right. What? Oh, you say, are we all done with news? Yeah. Oh, what about the Spike Awards? What about the Spike Awards? Can uh, find the story? I, I know Alice has been telling me to vote for Demon's Souls. It's the best RPG of the year. Oh, they have, haven't they? Yeah. So, okay, there's a huge list of nominees for the Spike Awards, so we should probably cover that. Uh, uh Here's our Spike's best RPGs of the year. They uh, they nominated four: Mario and Luigi, Browser's Inside Story, uh, Dragon Age Origins, Demon Souls, and Borderlands. Hmm. Let's see. I own three of those. I've been playing heavily one of them, and want to get the fourth. So I should really get on that. Any of those in the Game of the Year category? No. Let me see no. Game of the Year. No. No. And no. No RPGs up for Game of the Year. That's sad. Nice to see that Batman made it though. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I wonder if it'll be Modern Warfare Two or. Oh, Warfare. and uh, best ha- one of the best handheld games is uh, is Mario, Mario Luigi. Yeah. yeah, I would hope so. Professor Layton and Scribblenauts. Layton, hmm, that's not one of the best games. Let me see, and maybe like the best soundtrack. Nope, no RPGs in the best soundtrack. No RPGs. Oh, I just want to see the best voice actors. Let me see if we got any. Uh, uh, Assassin's Creed, Halo, ODST. Does Trisha Helfer need another nerd award? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Peter Vank- uh Bill Murray is Peter Vankman in Ghostbusters. Best male performance by a human. 
<laughs> is that what it says? Yeah. What is that? Where is that? Best performance uh, best by performance. a human male. Bill Murray is Vankman. Nice. Sam Jackson is Afro Samurai. Hugh Jackman. Shia LaBeouf in Transformers. Really? <laughs> wow. I probably said oh. that wrong too, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, who knows? Uh, they did uh, Best DLC. They have uh, Fallout Broken Steel, Point Lookout, Ballad of Gay Tony, and Lost in the Dam. So Fallout. <laughs> Wait, Best DLC? Really? That's a new category, I guess, for this year. That's stupid category. <laughs> Unless you're gonna have real something that stands out, that's not just a content pack. It's like here's like basically the oh, best DLC is like you know Burnout Paradise for completely transforming the game and keeping it going over a year out and being free, right? That's that's best DLC quality. Broken Steel is like okay, here's another content pack. I don't know, that's something else. Oh, oh, look at the voice actors. Like overall, they got like Harley Quinn, Mark Hamill, from like that's awesome. Yeah. So why is so why is Mark Hamill up for best voice but not for best performance by a human male? Because he's not human. I, what does that mean? <laughs> no, Nathan Drake's voice is up. They just like the sound of his voice, not their acting. Is that what that means? I guess so. It's like best casting decision is what you're really saying. Oh wait, no, uh, best cast is above that. These awards are stupid. I guess that's oh, true of finally, all awards. Oh, the most anticipated game. Is uh, let me see. You have Mass Effect right there next to StarCraft. <laughs> That's what a stupid category. <laughs> What's hot right now? <laughs> no, I think the the stupidest category is best independent game fueled by the dew. Why is Diablo three not on there? Because it's not fueled by the dew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I meant I meant inside most anticipated game, but you're right. What am I thinking? Best independent game, Flower. What year did Flower come out in? It didn't come out this in the past year. year. No, yes, it, it did. didn't. Yes, it did. Flower. To Wikipedia. I'm going. But the problem <laughs> is the Wikipedia article on Flower is about, like, flowers. So it's not working well. All right. Flower video game. Um, 12th of February, 2009. Okay. There you okay. go. That's true. I would never watch the Spike Awards, That's but it seems like Atlas really win. wants us to vote. Flowers them. really good. What? I, I probably wouldn't watch these awards, but it seems like Atlas really would feel a lot of pride to win an award here. Well, you know who should feel a lot of pride is Magna Carta 2. Because Why Michael is that? T- because Michael Tidwell gave it an excellent score. Four and a half out of five. Go check out his review. Um, he, you've be- probably been hearing him talking about how he's been playing it and, lo- and loving it and saying you should all play it. Uh, he says it's a story that escapes early cliches. It's fast-paced with an engaging battle system. Scenery worth looking at. Character interactions amusing. There's some story cliches and uh, some game au- The audio is kind of forgettable. But other than that, he says you should definitely pick this up. So he wants everybody Ooh. to do it. What's with that art style? Uh, I don't know. Are you looking at their eyes? Look cute. They look like aliens. It's yeah, so weird. This is called Japanese. It's Korean. Oh, Korean. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I take that back because I'm an idiot. It's called a Korean. <laughs> it's a KRPG. It's, it's, is it a K- KRPG? I like that. How do you know it's Korean? Oh, the, art st- the artist is a famous Korean artist. What? Yeah. what? Uh, you didn't even know. How do you know yeah, that I now? Did. I did. I did. I mean, I have some Korean friends. They won't shut up about it. It's a Korean developer, too, apparently. Softmax. Mm-hmm. What else has Softmax put out? Magna Carta 1. <laughs> I, <understand. laughs> I figured that much. So, yeah, well, you know, I was three. trying to be helpful. <laughs> no, that's, that's, 
I appreciate that. Um, the MMORPG Tales Weaver. And the I don't War think we of, ever got that. The War of Genesis series. Oh, right. Bad? I'm sure Jooms has uh, something to say about that. <laughs> Not a good thing? All right. I don't know. We should so do no our one... picks. What? I was say no one here played Magna Carta, right? No. Did they do... What's that MMO uh, that's Korean? Uh, they said Tailsweaver. I don't know what else. No, there's another one. There's a lot. Huxley? No. There's a lot of Korean MMOs. That's really NCSoft hard. NCSoft publishes it. Soul Ultimate Nation? No. Oh. I'll think of it eventually. Okay. Anyways, Ragnarok? No, the reviews to crazy. Magna Carta 1 weren't, weren't very nice at all, so I kind of avoided No, it sucked. Yeah. That's what Michael's saying, is that 2 is good. Even though one was not. Is anyone here going to try it out, actually? Michael offered to ship me the game, so if he does, I'll play it. <laughs> I just don't have the money for... It's 60 bucks right now. It's yeah. like 4.5 awesome as it is. I just can't afford another $60 game. I hear that. So true. Well, why don't we talk about what we have been playing, do our picks or voids of the week. Um, may I start off because I'm on a roll and I want to rant? Absolutely. <laughs> the, 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 the reaction of their implied no. No, Chris, you can't. In fact, shut up. Go We're ahead, tired Chris, of talking yeah. to you. <laughs> go, Chris, go. I I shut up. Our question was rhetorical, so I didn't bother answering all right, it. All right, all right, all right, all right. I picked up um, pretty much only one new game this week. I've been playing Dragon Age, so the new game I picked up was Gyromancer for the Steam. For the Steam. For the, for the Steam. downloadable <laughs> For the for the Xbox and the Steams, you know how they are with the Steam and the power. I want to put my pipes. game tape in, and I put the downloads, and it goes onto the USB, and then and then it erases my hard drive, and I don't know what I did. And um, no, so I picked up Gyromancer on Steam. It came out on Wednesday. They wouldn't mm-hmm. put up put it up for pre pre order or anything. I got really nervous. I'm like, I really want to play this. It's gonna be Square Enix Puzzle Quest. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then it came out. And I play it, and I'm like, first of all, I wasn't looking too forward about how the game was going to be because it's, like, based off Bejeweled Twist, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't think that the gameplay itself was going to interest me because I like Bejeweled, but Bejeweled Twist, in my opinion, adds just too much of a... I'm trying to avoid using the word twist here. <laughs> too much of uh, too much additional stuff to just be able to zone out and play without thinking and watching, looking up the clock and seeing like 30 minutes pass by, you know? Because Bejeweled 2 was easy to do that. You're like, boom, 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 boom. And Bejeweled Twist like, oh, I got to think about like moving in fours and multiple moves ahead and all that stuff. So I'm like, oh. And then, and then I play it. and like, oh, you know, that's not too bad. It's got the shinies. It makes noise and stuff collects. And, and then I, and I start playing this game and I'm like, here's a really bad story. So that's what that's what it greets you with. Hi, I'm a stereotyped character, and I'm in a forest, and I gotta go kill monsters. So come with me, okay? And then I start going with him, and we get a bejeweled twist screen, and I have the worst tutorial in existence. Tell me how to play bejeweled twist, and it's like, great, I already knew how to play bejeweled twist. So we get through that, and we get into a stage, and I walk around the stage, and I fight monsters, and basically by playing bejeweled twist and waiting for random crap to happen to me until I die. And then that's Gyromancer and the end, and it made me sad. That was quite a rant. <laughs> well, I, Anna, you've been playing this game. 
And you've taken the time to actually congeal your thoughts into something intelligible. Yes. So why don't you tell me... I wrote me, a review. Yeah, you wrote a review. So why don't you yeah. explain to people why I'm sad? Um, one of the huge, huge flaws that the game has is that it doesn't really teach you how to play. As Chris mentioned, the tutorial is nothing but this is how you play Bejeweled Twist. It does not touch upon accurately how abilities activate the fact that you're not timed... Um, what you need to do about enemy skulls, what you need to do about your shiny pieces, you know. Um, there's a help menu, but it's they never, ever direct you to it at any time. Um, and even worse is the information is spread out really unintuitively. Like you have a help, you have a settings menu, and that has how to play. And it's got, like, your first 10 points that are super important. So if you go into the help menu and you start reading the game mechanics section, it presumes you've read the help that's under settings. So if you just went straight to help and started reading, which would be sort of the thing that I feel most people would do, so there's you'd two be help really menus? confused. Yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> and even better is there's two story menus as well. <laughs> what? Well, what, like one story and one characters or something? or um, Something like that. It's <laughs> just all of this information is really broken up and you don't find duplication. You find two unique pieces of information in two different locations. It's just weird. I, like the goal of this game is supposed to be Bejeweled Twist with a story written by Square Enix and some RPG-like mechanics where you can level up and use special attacks kind of like Puzzle Quest, right? But right. you have no control over your attacks other than matching gems that are shiny after you fill up a mana bar that corresponds to that attack. So it's not like Puzzle Quest where you're just gathering mana and then choosing when you want to use an attack in a strategic way. You're dependent on the board being able to present you with an opportunity to use your attacks. And it's frustrating. Yes. Uh, conversely, though, because you are always in control of the board and because your abilities are coming onto the board instead of like skulls or bombs dropping in, you never get, you generally don't get the feeling that the game is cheating. They've, they've sort of cleared that. I do. I do because the enemies will throw like four or five skulls on the board at once and I can't clear them all up in time. And then they attack me and I die. (laughs) Okay. Here's, here's the thing is like any game, you have to prioritize. So you mouse over the skulls and see what kind of attacks they are. And the ones that like blow up the entire board and let them get a rush, those are the skulls you want to focus on. If you don't get to every skull, it's not a big deal. You want to get to most of the skulls. Again, something that the game doesn't teach you. Particularly since they're like, Uh, A couple of levels in, they're going to be like, oh, by the way, we're going to penalize you for idle twists. So don't ever do it again. And if you go into both menus that have help, they're like, we strongly discourage you using idle twists, which is such a crappy name. I hate that name. Which is a twist that doesn't match anything, It's a twist that doesn't match anything. Yeah. But, I mean, even the name is a total misnomer because... You are going to be idle twisting all of the time because the, in the nature of the game, there is times that the board will leave you with no legal move. Yay. 
So you are forced to do an idle twist. Well, even if you're not, you need to fill up. Sometimes you need to in order to clear a skull or clear a, right. use one of your attacks and just. I mean, yeah. you know, by the time I was at the end of the game, it wasn't unusual for me to be idle twisting like maybe thirty percent of the of a battle. Yeah. Which is why I hate that name. Damn it. <laughs> it's like insulting you for doing it. it well, what bugs me about this game is, it, okay, so you start, if you go too far ahead of you, the enemy attacks are very powerful and they can overwhelm you quite easily and it becomes frustrating. If you go back and level up, the the matches become very, very easy, like extraordinarily easy to the point where you're not even thinking, you're just doing some matching until it's over. And so there's no real strategy use there. And then on top of that, you don't even feel like you get a good game of Bejeweled Twist out of it because the matches are over too quickly and it's time for a new board. So it's like, I, it doesn't feel as good as playing Bejeweled Twist to me. It doesn't feel as good as playing Puzzle Quest to me. Uh, it feels like if you could somehow keep it balanced between being too overleveled and too underleveled, you would have to think a lot. But then it's going to get really complicated with you hunting the board all the time. Which of my shiny gems on the board do I need to go after right now? And which uh, skull do I need to clear off first? And it's just a little too involved of like hunt and peck and stuff. And the controls are designed for the 360. And they don't feel like they were fully ported properly to the PC either. So it just doesn't feel like as smooth and as as pure fun of an experience as I usually get from a PopCap game, and it doesn't make me feel like coming back to it like I do with a Puzzle Quest game. Does that make any sense? Yes. Or am I just ranting again? I don't know. No, no, no. Basically, my take, and I I gave it a 2.5 out of 5 for those who haven't read the review. Basically, my take is, if you can get past the flaws, the base game is addictive. If there was a sequel and they cleaned up a lot of the crap, I'd probably buy it. Mm-hmm. I think they should have just made it based off regular Bejeweled. <laughs> I actually like Twist. It was it was not bad. Twist itself is not bad. Throwing you into Twist without giving you any indication of how the game really works, bad. But even with knowing how it works, does that make it fun? Yeah, I like it. Okay. I mean, I liked it, but I also realized how crappy, crappy shortcomings there are in the game. Oh, and it crashes. <laughs> that's fun <laughs> crash oh alright boom <sighs> that's thankfully up. for you I have a dish called revenge and I'm selling it for only five dollars five dollars alright thank you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm I'm gonna say it's an avoid uh, for right now I just you know it's, it's like out of all the games you could play right now there's so many better addictable downloadable puzzle games uh, I, I think Galactrix is better than this, you know, but... I yeah. don't. Right. How much was it, Chris? It's $15. $15? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's supposed to be like a big RPG experience, except it doesn't feel like a good RPG. <laughs> Does it, Hannah? I would have I would have rather they take, their, take some more time, make it a good game, uh, and charge me a few more bucks. No, it... yeah. It doesn't sound like any fun at all. I don't know. It, it is fun. Is, all right. Like, I I enjoyed what I played of it when it wasn't crashing. Is there a demo of it? Yes. So go get the demo, try it out. Let us know if we're wrong. Yeah, it's it's going to be... Uh, I think it's going to be a game that's really divisive. No one's going to play it and be like, I don't care. 
I think people are going to be like, I enjoyed it or I hated it and it was stupid. I keep trying. I'm giving this game a lot of second chances. Yeah. Is it because it's Square Enix name attached to it? Uh, and PopCap. I trust both companies. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd say I tried it more because it was PopCap. It feels it like it feels like you know PopCap did a poor job designing an RPG and had some Square Enix fit and finish put on top of it to me, but I don't know. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, Bejeweled Twist, and we have to have every element of Bejeweled Twist in here, even to the detriment of the game. So whatever. Uh, I don't well, know. That's, that's so. Is your recommendation like, get Plants vs Zombies before you get Bejeweled? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's a good game. Unequivocally. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so that's my that's my pick or my anti pick, I guess, for right now. Oh I like those good counterpoint. Uh, yeah. Can I go next? I am actually gonna make adventures to go my anti pick this week. Ooh. Oh. Two anti picks. Sounds good. Yeah, I also reviewed that this week. It's not in your notes, you jerk. Because you were going to talk about it. I knew you would talk about it. Oh, well, <laughs> fine. I'll add it in there. I, I really wanted to give it like a, a two and a half, but I just I just couldn't. So it slid down to a two. Because that two, would be saying it's as good as Gyromancer. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so I, uh, I just about threw my PSP across the room at one point. I was playing that game for 10 hours a day trying to get that damn review out as fast as possible just because I'd received the game so late. Yeah. And I was trekking along through it and got to this boss that could completely wipe out my party if he used one of his abilities. And I was like, I'm not underleveled. I, there's no equipment that prevents this uh, effect. So... But I did check, and I was like, well, I don't have the absolute best gear in the entire world. So I did some experimenting and found out that you can actually sink enemies to negative five action points in any given round. So what I ended up doing is (laughs) I I grinded until I got all the best gear, just in case. And then I continually throwed items and spells at this boss until it sank him to negative five AP. And I won the battle. Because he never used that ability. Hmm. And I was sort of like happy and confused and annoyed at the same time. Because you should never, ever, ever have a boss that the only way you can win is sheer retarded luck. Mm-hmm. That's just really bad That's game not good, design. No. It's not well That's designed. Just, yeah, no. Bad. So after that, I blasted pretty much blasted through the rest of the game i uh i screwed up on the final level but i recovered really fast and i was done and yeah it's so hard to review a game that is bad but is clearly destined for a certain set of people Mm -hmm. because it's really hard to say you know if you have never played a trpg play this it's good it's a bad game, but it's great for you. Yeah. That's hard. Mm. <laughs> I can imagine. That that was just so hard to write. That that was the hardest part of the game. Never mind the game. The hardest part of the game was writing the darn review. So it's up. I gave it two out of five. If you want to read the review, it's lots of curmudgeon grumping. 
that's how I convinced Andrew to approve it for me. I'm like, it's a bad review. He's like, sweet. And off he went. <laughs> nice. Andrew likes bad reviews. <laughs> he likes bad reviews. <laughs> He does. He, he put right? up a second. He yeah. He put up a second opinion of Torchlight this week. He gave it two out of five. Yeah. So if you want he, to go he's rage, wrong, him, by the way, please do so. he's wrong. Yeah. He's so None wrong. of us grades two point two out of five. No, I, I can see you not giving it a five, but you don't give it a two out of five. That makes no sense. Anyways, moving on to picks. Mm-hmm. It's of Manny, you want to go? Uh, yeah, I have uh, two quick little hits. All right, uh, hit us. Hit me. They're nothing that special. I played the, the, on PSN this week. They released uh, Little Big Planet, the demo. Ah, is the game out too? Uh, yeah, it is out on UMD, and it should be out for digital download like sometime next week. I wonder why it's not the same time. Um, they they had problems with this specific title. They said that they couldn't get it on. Most games like do show up at the same time, like uh, Chinatown Wars showed up at the same time, and uh, yeah. Battlefront, that kind of stuff. But they, I think for some reason Sony had a specific problem getting this one in the store at the same time, That's and they weird. apologized for it. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I tried out the demo, and you know, I was probably I probably was not going to get Little Big Planet before I played that demo, but the music was so was really fun and upbeat, and it plays just like the PS3 counterpart, which is pretty amazing on a little handheld like that. So I'm actually excited. I mean. What? Don't even take my word for it. Go try it out for yourself if you have a PSP. It's a small little download, like 50 megabytes or something. What's it add versus PS, uh, Little Big Planet on um, PS3? Uh, more like, I think instead of like what does it add, like more like what does it lose since it's, uh, you know, it's a much smaller version. Well, I mean, if, it's it, a, if it's exactly the same thing, I don't need it. It doesn't <laughs> lose, well, it's not exactly the same. It has like 38 new levels okay. designed by the Media Molecule guys, those kind of guys. That's good. And you know, those, those the the... No, the, the original levels are great and all, but the ones that they made as like an example of what you can do were really were fantastic. Hmm. And How honestly, did you find it, those in the original? Oh, just play through the campaign. Oh, just the ones in the campaign. Okay. Yeah. And what, what was it? It's um. Well, like it's fun. It's a fun little game. I mean, yeah. could you imagine just running through it? By I mean, I I really liked it on the PS3, but oftentimes I when I'm sitting down for a big console experience, I want I want something a bit more grandiose than Little those, Big Planet. Those levels got a little frustrating at times, though. They did. So man, that was are these are better. Um, uh, you only get the first level, so I don't know if it uh, what the difficulty is like. How oh, it you only played up. the demo. Okay. Yeah. So that's what you're saying. Just go try out the demo. I'm yeah. probably gonna pick up the game next. Well, okay. when I get a little extra cash. Sweetness. What's your other pick? Uh, this one is an iPhone pick, but before you all roll your eyes, it's an actual game. I I'm remember... not going to roll your eyes. I like my iPhone. I'm getting it out right now. I'm excited. I'm going to open up the... Hold on. I'm going to open up the App Store. <laughs> I'm going to hit up the search key. Hold on. Hold on. Search key now. All right. Hit me with my next addiction. What okay. I remember before I joined the... R- I started becoming like a regular member of the RPG cast. I listened to a few to get a feel for what the show was like. And I remember... Uh, and then you, you decided and... you were going to infiltrate and get your butt well, on the I, I remember you and Michael were talking about uh, a game from Ubisoft called My Japanese Coach. Yes. And you guys liked it, right? Uh, well, it's all right. Um, I but not worth it... like $30, right? No. Is it worth a dollar? Yeah. Well, guess what? My Chinese Coach, my Japanese Coach, my French Coach, and my Spanish Coach are all on the iPhone. The same DS game. For one dollar each. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's terrible. I downloaded, I downloaded all four, and for a dollar application, it's a pretty fun game. I still have it on my freaking. De- I've got right here. 
<laughs> right here. Here. Here it is. This game I don't play much because it's it's only okay. <laughs> da! <laughs> you know, the funny thing is so much money. If if it's just okay, the, I mean, if it's always on your phone, I'm I'm or like I'm more than. Oh my gosh! Like, do you like... realize how useful this is? Okay, so let me tell you what I did when I went to Japan. Um, the weekend before, I basically mm-hmm. went on the app store store and downloaded every like Japanese dictionary or learning program whatsoever, just to have as much stuff as possible because they were all like a dollar to three dollars. I was I was like in a bookstore. I was at Fry's actually in 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 Seattle, and I was like looking at the the price of like actual learn Japanese software and stuff. I'm like, this is really expensive. And then I go to the app store. I'm like, look at like I could get ten programs for the price of one and have like all these options of phrase books and everything. And it's and it's all right there on the phone, always with me. And I was able to use it in the bar when I was doing karaoke with the Japanese guys, and it just comes <laughs> up over and over again. It's like it's extraordinarily useful to have something like that on the phone for a dollar. That's yeah, crazy. A full DS game. Yeah, that's awesome. I should Hell throw yeah. up my DS one. I should. Not yeah, I was at Kuzak's the. I was one. bored. I was at the gym. I started practicing some French. It was great. <laughs> nice. Je Has anybody actually done an analysis to see if those are any good, or are there just too many programs no. like that to bother? Well, well, the way what I found with uh, my my the, the coach games on DS is. Uh, if that's your first introduction, it might be a little hard. But as a refresher course, it's better than like I can't. I'm not always going to carry around a pack of flashcards with me. Because the, the games are really stupid, and I just don't know if I believe they help. Well, I, I feel like if you already know, like I already know a little bit of Chinese and a little yeah. bit of Japanese. Yeah. So just to be able to go through it like really quickly, five minutes at a time, and just do a quick refresher course. Mm-hmm. And plus, I mean, I like being able to draw the characters on the touchscreen, so sort of get practice and drill into my brain. Okay. And besides, like I said, it's a dollar. I mean, if you if you use it like five times, you got your money's worth. <laughs> use it once. All right. Sweet. So yeah. Nice picks. That leaves you, Philip. Phil. He's Yay. dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have an avoid. Uh, wait, let's check the vitality sensor. <laughs> yeah, we're just. <laughs> it's a revenge best served to sleep, apparently. Um. Playing two games. Uh, the first one's no secret. Still playing some more King's Bounty, um, Armored Princess, and um, how many stones do you have? You got like a. You talking about the magic stones that no. you use to upgrade your spells I'm and stuff? I'm talking about the main storyline stones. Oh, main storyline stones too. Okay. I, I, it, it, I tell you, I'm spending most of my time just running around, just trying to find a stack of monsters that isn't invulnerable or lethal. I know. So that hopefully I can get enough. I'm on the first stage of that game, and I can't find that. And it just seems like I keep hitting this this brick wall. And I remember uh, I kind of put this on my blog, but back when uh, back in the late '80s, I was playing this game called Y Barn. You're basically this uh, this guy in a robot uh, uh, suit that can transform like one of those Japanese shows. But essentially, you fight monsters, and and every time you fight some monsters, you get some experience, uh, some ability points, and the ability points just basically represent how powerful your suit is so what ends up happening is if you run into a group of monsters and they're too hard that means you need to run away and go find weaker monsters to get enough ability points so your suit is tough enough to go back and beat the bad the the tougher dudes and you spend most of the game just running around looking for the weaker monsters so you can pick on them first before you can go and pick on the tougher monsters and that's kind of standard i guess in most rpgs but the thing about uh the thing about king's bounty is um the level of 
the level of the monsters aren't really all hardcore. Uh, how, how do I say this? Uh, each island can have a variety of levels of, of stacks of monsters. So uh, you'll need to stay a few minutes on one island, do a couple of battles there, then go to another island, do a couple of battles there. And you just have to keep running around looking for the next you know stack of monsters that's really within your grasp. Because if you take on something that's too... And the thing about King's Bounty is that it punishes you if you take on something that's tough and you come out victorious. Because chances are, if you took on a, a something that's hard but not lethal, uh, chances are they pretty much wiped out most of your army in the process. And you may feel great that you just pulled off this big victory and you just got this big bucket of experience points, which means your leadership's going to go up. But the downside is your entire army just got wiped out, uh, which means it'll cost a whole heck of a lot of gold to, to re-recruit those guys. And chances are you may not have that much gold sitting in your, in your back pocket. So it's like I can't really even buy the good armors and the good swords and things like that because a lot of times I'll get impatient and fight something that's a little bit tougher maybe than I should. And I'll get out by the skin of my teeth, but now I have no army and I'll have to spend all the gold I saved just to recruit another army. Yeah, how do you, and, how do, you do grinding in this game? Well, that's, that's, the, you know, that's the thing. There's no real good grinding. Once you've wiped out all of the uh, monsters that are near your level or weaker than your level... Uh, if you haven't uh, sufficiently leveled as a result of, of those encounters, there's no place where you can go and find more weak monsters to get up to where you need to be. You have to fight tougher stuff, which is great until those tougher things wipe out your entire army. And if you do win by the skin of your teeth, you're now screwed. You have no army and you have to spend your life savings recruiting another army, which means you have no money to upgrade your armor and weapons. Two things. Are you selling your scrolls? Yeah, yeah, on the occasion I do. Okay. But that doesn't once really you have them saved, that much. It's 800 here, 600 there, 1,000 yeah, there. Yeah, but I mean, once you have them saved into your book, you never need to keep a copy of that scroll. Well, yes and no. I do find myself on the occasion running out of magic points in battle, and I find having certain scrolls as backup useful. Okay. So scrolls are one-time casts that don't cast magic points, so... I'm not so too gung-ho about selling all of them, but if I know it's, it's spells that I don't normally use, like poison, then I have no qualms selling those. Okay. But I'm, not, I'm not saying I don't have any money. I have bought some, some armor and whatnot. It's just it's kind of frustrating when you're going around trying to find a monster that's basically really wimpy because you know if you take on something sufficiently tough, you're going to take losses, and those losses are going to cost a, a lot of money. I mean, this is a weakness kind of a, of any of the heroes of my magic games, uh, but it really seems pronounced in, in King's Bounty as opposed to, I mean, I played every heroes of my magic game except for the first one. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, and it's not unusual for me in Heroes of Might and Magic if I run into a stack of monsters and lose a bunch of troops to reload it and maybe play that battle again a little bit smarter so I don't lose expensive, as many expensive troops. But it just seems like in King's Bounty, you just don't get enough. And it might be the class I'm playing. As I mentioned uh, before the podcast, I'm playing a mage. And uh, the mage doesn't quite get as much leadership and uh, attack and defense upgrades. So naturally, my troops are going to take a bit more damage. And I can't field uh, as large uh, quantities of troops uh, as maybe some of the other classes do. I even went outside my normal class tree and bought some leadership. So I can get bigger, bigger uh, stacks of troops, and that worked for a couple of islands. I, I uh, jumped my leadership up a thousand points by picking uh, some of the talents from the paladin tree, and uh, and now I'm able to harvest bigger armies. And bigger armies is always better because that means they're going to hit harder and take less losses in the counterattack. 
Um, so that, that was really good, but I'm kind of on the six island now, and I'm just spending a lot of time running around, and every other monster is either lethal or impossible, um, <laughs> despite the fact that I've got my troops maxed out for my leadership. Um, so, two other things to keep in mind is, are you picking up all of the animal stuff lying around like there's spider eggs and there's griffin hatchlings and there's yeah, uh, plant just, seeds yeah. and yes i do but plant seeds and spider eggs hatch level one and level two monsters and they don't usually even give you a full stack so a half stack is not very useful to me but i do keep them and sometimes i just you know sometimes i sell them sometimes i keep them the griffin eggs obviously griffins are really good and i always have a stack of griffins nearby if i don't have it in my group then i usually have uh, some griffins uh, saved up in my castle, so if I get some more eggs, I can go and get a full, put them together to full, form a full stack, and okay. then you know go out there and 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 use that. The other part of the problem is is my magic. I'm a, I picked a mage class, and um, and in order to increase your chaos uh, and your damaging spells, you need to spend on top of the blue runes, you have to spend the warrior red runes. Um, but you don't get very many red warrior wounds as a mage. You only get a, a two or three to level. Um, but what really makes this perplexing to me, uh, aside from that, is the fact that in the descriptions it's saying that my next level of chaos magic um, will increase the damage of the spell by probably 40 or 50 percent. And if I increase, there's a, there's a talent that increases the overall damage of all your spells by 15 percent. And that sounds all nifty, but my spells are only my like my my flame arrow spell only does like two or three hundred. My fireball spell does four or five hundred, and the stacks of monsters I'm fighting have tens of thousands of hit points. So even if I manage to get those runes and I pour them into increasing the damage of my spells, I'm really questioning how useful that's going to be because I'm really only I mean I'll see stacks of like for example fifty bears. And I'll throw a fireball at him, and right now I'm killing two of those 50 bears with a fireball that takes 15 of 50 of my mana, and I can only cast one of those a turn. It would take a lot of fireballs even to knock out just one stack of bears. Um, and I'm really kind of questioning the balance of the, the mage class at the moment as far as doing damage. I did find a scroll that looks kind of interesting that reflects damage uh, back on the monster. The damage that that spell does is, really, is based on how much damage the enemy stack does, and considering how some of these big stacks I'm facing, that might prove to be very useful. But I haven't had a chance to, to play around with it yet. So, uh, it's kind of, right now it's a love, it's kind, of, it's kind of like a love-hate relationship. I love these types of games. I love the tactical battles. I love taking my time and choosing my talents and building my character by hand and making the most out of every opportunity. I do that in Heroes of Might and Magic. Um, and I don't. I have no qualm about reloading a battle if it turns out the wrong way, and doing it over again so that I can minimize my losses. That's that's part of the genre or this little subgenre or whatever have you games, and I'm okay with all of that. But it definitely seems that difficulty wise, <laughs> this thing is starting to border on punishingly difficult, and I'm having a hard time progressing. And I'm wondering if maybe I should have played a paladin or something else to begin with. So. I think part of that imbalance in the runes might be them attempting to overadjust from the legend. Because in the legend, mm -hmm. um, you didn't, as a mage, you never got enough mine runes. And it was so frustrating. Mm. So Yeah, and I, and I definitely have lots of, yeah, and, and I get lots of mine runes. So I don't have a problem with those. In fact, I was able to spend those extra ones uh, in the paladin tree to, to get my leadership up a thousand points. Right. So that was pretty sweet. 
but uh, yeah. Um, the other game I'm playing um, on the side when I'm out at the mall or whatever with 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 my wife is I'm playing Final Fantasy IV on the DS. And uh, I kind of think it's funny because the graphics remind me of PlayStation 1 graphics so much. It's kind of like a throwback to my PS1 days. Um, I'm liking it so far, actually. I, I kind of like how they tweak the difficulty. It actually makes the battles more interesting. Um, I, the, the graphics is a love-hated relationship. Sometimes it's really cool seeing some of those uh, cut scenes or, or action scenes from the Super Nintendo days. Because I played on the original Super Nintendo uh, and seeing some of those uh, scenes play out in dramatic 3D, they do a great job with the camera angle and showing those actions uh, when the when the uh, when Leviathan attacks the ship, for example, or whatnot. That's definitely more dramatic. But then there's other times when you're like in the city or you're doing these battles, and uh, and the camera's pretty static, and the 3D, you're like, I'm just thinking to myself, gosh, that would look better if it was just isometric 2D or something like that. But uh, it's not detracting either way. I actually enjoy the, the action cut scene. So I, I think overall I kind of like the 3D look. This is your but first time playing like, it? On the DS, yes. I played the G, the Game Boy Advance one, and I played uh, when the Super Nintendo came out. It was one of the uh, first games I got for my Super Nintendo. Got it. So, um, uh, but I really like how they tweaked the difficulty because Final Fantasy IV was definitely one of those snoozy games where after a certain point in the game, actually – from the very beginning, I think <laughs> you could just keep hitting attack, 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 heal once in a while, attack, attack, attack. And, and now here, if you kind of fall asleep at the at the gamepad and you just keep doing the same thing, oh, yeah, you you'll get killed. Really yeah. Get your behind handed to you if you're not careful. Yeah. So this but is so this is a pick for you, definitely, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. For, join us so far. Yeah, for Armored Princess, was that a pick or a void for you? I'm still on the middle of the road. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure. <laughs> Anna, you've been playing it too. Is it a pick or a void for you, or do you want to withhold judgment until your review's done? Pick for now. Pick for now. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, you, def- you made it sound like King's Bounty was better than the first one. Army Princess is definitely better than the first one. Okay. Although it's really funny because it, it's the type of game that you don't have to play the first one. Mm-hmm. But if you have, there's all sorts of these like little hidden references. Oh, are there? Okay. Yeah, like at the very beginning, you know how you go and you pick your baby dragon, right? Yeah. And you ask the girl, where did these come from? And she's like, oh, there was this guy and our king saved, our prince saved him. And he was like, thanks, here's some dragons from a foreign land. And we were like, he was like, I picked them up because otherwise they would have died. And then he went away and we just think he's full of crap. Yeah, because he says they're going to turn into great dragons. And we're like, of course, nobody believes that. But uh... Which is funny because... um, that was the hero from the first game. Oh, okay. And they are going to grow up to be great dragons. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you, yeah. you, you found those dragons yourself in the first game or something? Yes. Or... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's one of the last things you do in the game. Oh, I see. Is save dragon kind. Oh. <laughs> what is... um? I had a question. Like, the person you're searching for in the second game, is that the main hero of the first game? Yes. Okay. I had a feeling it was. but right. Yeah, for... Like, um, he has the, the, the spirit of time in his chest or something? It makes no I sense to me. I <laughs> can't discuss it without okay. major spoilers. <laughs> I don't know um, what's going on. Yeah, this guy just, sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's just really interesting just how much of the the little references that are that tie it into the first game are really neat. But I can mm-hmm. totally see like how someone who has never played the first game isn't going to lose out on those. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you get them, awesome. If you don't, fine. Yeah. 
Speaking of the dragon, another problem is oh. my dragon's leveling up pretty good, yeah. which every time you level up your dragon, you're given a choice to upgrade uh, three of your skills, and occasionally you can learn a new skill. The problem is every time you upgrade a, upgrade one of the dragon's skills is the rage cost increases with it. Okay. And I get, I, I'm getting to a point where I, I, I'm purposely avoiding certain upgrading certain skills because the rage needed is in excess to my maximum rage that I can have without taking warrior uh, skills that cost a lot of red runes, which I'm trying to save for my chaos spells. Well, now I'm getting to the point where um, I'm now down to only one choice per leveling up the dragon that doesn't push him into uh, an area where it's just too much rage for that skill to where I can't, I won't be able to use that skill again. If uh, Armored Princess is like the legend, what's going to happen is, is you're going to get to a point where the next upgrade to the spell is going to reduce the rage cost. Dragon, yeah, I mean, unless that that might be a talent somewhere in the warrior no. tree or something, no. but no. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Uh, neither of okay. you are there yet, right? So you should. I, 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 am, I, am, I am just telling you right now. I just leveled up, and I've only out of the three skills I can pick, I really can only pick one because the other two will put it into a rage cost that's too high. I know, and it will knock that skill and make it unusable. I'm and I'm telling you, if Armored Princess is like the legend. When that starts to happen, the next time you get an opportunity to upgrade that ability, the rage cost, the upgrade will be a reduced rage cost. So you're going to go up and this upgrade, and then you're going to get another upgrade that's going to make it lower. Right. Generally, the trade-off is that you need more turns to rest. Uh. Well, no, no, no. But that's what I thought. But here's just what happened the last level up. My, My rage cost and my rest cost went up. And okay. Now well, um, we're going to have a lot of nerd wage if we keep debating it to this detail. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm just going to suggest we talk about it more again next week. <laughs> one, one neat thing I didn't mention that Ann brought up before the podcast, though, we need to throw out there is about the badges. Mm-hmm. The badge system. We don't need badge. no stinking badges. Yeah, it's badges. pretty you cool. You want these badges? Oh, though. I do. do I want, want these. Them. I need these badges. Okay. You need these. We don't badges. Do need want. them, but they're definitely nice. Okay. What are they? As you, as you do certain things, uh, such as using a fire spell X number of times or whatnot, you get a badge, and that badge may confer, in this example, plus 10% or plus 20% fire damage with your fire spells and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been getting quite a few of those, and they are extremely helpful. All right. So that's I think that's something. How do I get badges again? Just do stuff. Just do, do stuff. stuff. Like yeah. missions like and one stuff? Bad, there's a Dragon Slayer badge. The first level is kill one dragon. Oh, okay. So it's like achievements. Um, right. Yeah, sort of. I mean, there's a badge that's, you know, kill a stack of uh, mobs with a trap. Excellent. I love that sort of stuff. I love, like, achievements that give me a reward in the game. That's great. Yes. I like that. Sweet. So that sounds good. And I think that's all our picks, right? I think so. All righty. Well, that was a good show. Thanks for everyone being here. Um, I don't have any interesting announcements except this. Um, there will be no show on Thanksgiving weekend, most likely, because I'll be going home and I don't think I'll have the opportunity to do one. Um, the following weeks after that, the live show time, we won't have the live show at the normal time. I'll try and put an announcement ahead of time on Twitter or on the boards, but I've got a bunch of rehearsals with the church musical and stuff, and it's going to be really hard to schedule. So we're going to be doing the recording on a different night than normal on the weekend of the 5th and the 12th. So um, just stay tuned for that if you really want to go to the live show. Otherwise, just, you know, we'll put a show up. So there'll be a show, but... uh 
probably nothing next week unless something really fortuitous happens. But that's it. That nothing other than that. Um, enjoy your your gaming. Yeah, I don't know if you're, what are you going to pick up based on what we said this show. Probably um, King's Bounty or just go back to Dragon Age, right? <laughs> what did you cover, Manny? I can't even remember now. Oh, uh, the My Coach games. It's been so long. Oh, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm thinking that's not what they're going to go and spend most of their gaming time on. But though, I could be wrong. Someone's oh, really Planet. been. I really need. Oh yeah, Little Big Planet. Yeah. So go. Okay. So go. Go enjoy your Little Big Planet, where you can speak French. And uh, we're going to go, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for everyone joining us. Please leave us feedback at board.rpgamer.com. Follow us us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rpgamer. And um, what else is there? That's pretty much it. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Enjoy your uh, turkey. Enjoy your turkey if you're in the U.S. I had mine last month. Oh, you and your jump-in-the-gun turkey. Canadian Thanksgiving? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. All right. I love Canadian Black Friday. The we don't have Black Friday. <laughs> I can have fun on Black Friday, I hope. Anyway, I will see you guys in a couple weeks. Until then, that's RPG Cast. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Later.